This is Talk of the Town on Magic 590, also heard on 100.5. I'm Bob Cudmore. Joining us is Patrick Madden, the mayor of the city of Troy. The city budget's uh, out, Mayor. As you well know, you've proposed a $73 million city budget, property tax increase of 1.4%, and an increase of $4 a year in the trash fee. Do you keep under that state-mandated tax cap? Well, yes, we did. We did it again. Uh, Our focus has been to stay below the tax cap, do the best job we can for the taxpayers in the city without uh, emptying their pockets. Will there be staff reductions under this budget? No, we don't have any staff reductions uh, included in this budget. I, this is a this is I my my practice is to conservatively state our budget, so I I don't go overboard and um, uh, either on expenditures or uh, or, or revenues. It, this budget is supported by the facts. It doesn't rely on any one shots. Um, and we're not taking any appropriations out of reserve. So we're, we're actually paying as we go along, but no staff reductions in this one. Mm. So you're not taking uh, city fund balance. Do you have fund balance in Troy? We do have a fund balance. It's, okay. it's modest. It's not sufficient. Um, but we've um, been successful thus far and not, uh, not depleting it any further. Do you, well, you don't know what's going to happen in the coming year, but is the plan to increase it again this year? Well, I'd love to increase it, but we don't budget for that. We don't have that luxury at this time because uh, the finances are so tight. Uh, we do a, a zero budget uh, exercise. Uh, if we're prudent and we manage things well and we save money over the course of the year, that gets put into the reserves. We'll ask you about um, city jobs. How about seasonal hiring, let's say in the summer? for Sure. Uh, yeah. Yep. Well, that is in the budget for next year. Uh, we will hire some seasonal help on the golf course and the other recreational facilities, um, as well as in the streets department. Have you reached a contract agreements with any city worker unions? We have uh, six unions that represent various sectors of our workforce. And when we came into office, all of those contracts had been expired for at least three years, in some cases four or five. We have settled uh, contracts with all of the unions, bringing them current to the time of settlement. Now we're back at the tables again discussing moving ahead and uh, what contract terms will look like in the future. Uh, the continuing trash fee drew the attention of the Republican uh, Council President, Carmela Montello. She objected to the continuing the trash fee, which began, I believe, in your administration a few uh, years ago. It did, correct. Yep. Is there any way to um, reduce that? Well, there really isn't. And the trash fee is something that we put in place last year. And it is our effort to um, deal more responsibly with our trash. The fee represents the actual cost of providing that service. And we made a very careful and precise calculation of both the cost and the revenue for that fee. The only way to reduce the fee is to reduce the service. And I think it's very disingenuous to suggest that the fee could be reducing associated costs and and hence the level of services that the uh, citizens um, receive. And I think it's those sort of shenanigans that have caused past year's deficits and have put us in the bind that we're in today. I think it's time to be honest with the taxpayers about what things actually do cost. The, the taxpayers have been paying more in taxes. I mean, the, the increase this year is not that great, but other years there have been big increases, correct? Well, my first year, yes, there was. We came into a situation where the uh, budget was structurally unbalanced and um, it that had been hidden uh, from from the public. We were not paying for the services that we were delivering. 
we tried to write that ship. It was a difficult, uh, difficult budget, uh, a big uh, tax hike, uh, but it did. Since then, uh, we have remained underneath the tax cap, and um, we're slowly getting our fiscal house in order. Also, on the the subject of a waste rem- uh, removal, what is the sanitation garbage fund? So the fund is really an accounting tool. It's a fund that is uh, we follow the the rules of the Office of State Controller on municipal funds. And the fund for solid waste is it's it's really just an accounting tool that helps us better track the expenses and the revenues of that service of that particular service. Uh, it's very similar to the water and sewer funds. Uh, they are also separate from the general fund. They also stand or fall on their own. And like the water and sewer funds, this fund will allow us to handle solid waste more like a business. Uh, we will know exactly what it costs us to deliver this service. And uh, that allows us to plan accordingly, and it gives the taxpayers a sense of what services cost and how to impact the cost of those services. I probably have asked you this before, but I can't remember. What does Troy do with its garbage? Does it go to landfills somewhere? Our, our garbage does go to landfills. That's correct. But are they local or are they Well, we far it, away? Uh, our waste hauler, uh, I think, probably delivers most of it to the, to the um, uh, colony landfill. Uh, but I'm not 100% sure, certain. It may go to other landfills depending on on um, uh, availability of space. And, and I don't know if this would be in the budget, but is there or are there any capital projects in the offing construction? Yes. Uh, we Well, we have a, a capital plan that we uh, complete uh, with the budget submission. It's a five-year capital plan, and it looks out over the next uh, five years. Um, at what we project will be capital expenditures that we're going to be making. So these would be not just um, uh, construction projects, but it would also include investments, investments in equipment uh, that we've um, that might last several years. So the capital plan that we included uh, includes a number of vehicles across um, all of the city departments. It includes upgrades to our parks. Uh, it does include repairs to the South Troy uh, pool and the replacement of, um, I'm sorry, in the re- repair of the Knickerbocker ice skating rink. Uh, in the out years, we're also looking at the replacement of the Knickerbocker park pool. That, however, is a very expensive proposition, and we need to, to slot that into the capital plan where we can uh, afford to handle it. When we look at capital planning and we go out five years, we study what the impact of that investment will be on the budgets that follow. So we're just we're not just throwing things against the wall, but we're planning it. We're putting together we're putting it together more like a puzzle. Mm. Uh, one of the things that I believe people have really missed in Troy are the pools. Now you're going to work on one pool first. Is that possibly going to be open next year? I think it would be difficult to say that we could have it open next year. We do have um, in the five year plan, as I mentioned, uh, we do have. Uh, uh, planned uh, investment in the South Troy pool in 2019. We've picked the South Troy pool because uh, on further exam, the pool in North Troy and in, in, uh, Knickerbocker Park is really shot. It does not make sense to reinvest in that pool. We we are looking at replacing that pool in its entirety, which is a big nut. Um, the South Troy pool, uh, we have budgeted in the capital plan, if memory serves me, about $1.4 million. That's mm-hmm. a big nut. We're going to be seeking grant funding to assist us with that. And uh, I, I think the time frame for next year is kind of tight. We're working mm-hmm. uh, aggressively to meet that. But 
I think in the meantime, you need to keep in mind that we're uh, partnering with the Boys and Girls Clubs, the YMCA, and the Troy Redevelopment Foundation to make sure that kids have pro- programming year-round that includes swimming and swimming lessons. Mm-hmm. Uh, also on the financial front, the state uh, controller improved um, Troy's fiscal stress rating. I, that's an improvement in something that's not good. I mean, the, there's uh, many right. cities yeah, in, right. uh, are on the fiscal stress list, but you're mm-hmm. doing better there? We're doing a lot better there. That fiscal stress score has dropped each of the past three years. Uh, and that's a sign that the the um, uh, fiscal approach that we've taken uh, is strengthening the city, is reducing our risk for uh, financial failure. So we're very proud of that, as well as the Moody's upgrades that we've received. Well, that's another uh, point. Uh, the bond rating service has improved uh, Troy's score, if you will. And th- does that save you money or borrowing? Is that the idea? Too? Well, it, it's, it, it probably does save us a little bit of money, but with the markets in flux uh, the way mm-hmm. they are right now, it's hard to uh, quantify what that number is. Uh, more importantly, it sends a signal to people who want to invest in the city, whether they be businesses or homeowners, uh, that we are serious about uh, uh, keeping our fiscal house in order, that we're serious about um, whether we can meet our financial obligations. I think that's an important message message to be s- sending to the uh, business community. Let me ask you uh, about something new in, in Troy, uh, or proposed anyway, the Collar Factory Lofts. A project has been proposed to turn a former factory at 701 River Street into apartments and street-level commercial development. Can you tell us about that? I sure can. That's more than a proposal. We broke ground on that couple of weeks back, construction is underway. This is a, uh, the last of the long vacant warehouses in the city's north central neighborhood, and it's a $16 million project. It will contain, uh, I believe it's 80 apartments and uh, street-level commercial and retail space. We're very excited about this. The developers are looking at a 12-month construction period, and based on the experience we have with them, I expect that they'll meet that 12-month deadline. So this is another shot in the arm for North Central Troy, and um, uh, we're really looking forward to the day when we cut the ribbon on that project. To get into that a little deeper, uh, we had another public official on from one of the towns in the area, uh, uh, not bemoaning exactly, but saying the problem that they found in building these projects is putting in the retail or getting somebody to go in the first floor. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's a challenge. Um, No doubt about it. And if you look at these mixed-use projects, uh, wherever they are, uh, the apartments usually rent up quicker than the first first floor retail spaces. And that's because a retailer or or a restaurant or, you know, a service uh, uh, commercial Mm -hmm. use needs to know that there's a, uh, a threshold of people who will patronize his or her establishment. So usually the residents come first and then the retail follows. Uh, there's a lot going on in North Central right now. Uh, I'm optimistic for the retail space there. So this uh, this is the North Central neighborhood, and that's is the same neighborhood. Another uh, thing I wanted to ask you about, a boat launch, the Ingalls Avenue a boat launch is under construction? Yes. Interestingly, these two projects are ne- next to each other, the uh, Collar City, I'm sorry, the Collar Factory lofts and the um, uh, boat launch are right adjacent to each other. So uh, this, is a, this is a terrific project. It's been kicking around for probably 20 years. 
and um, we're finally bringing it to fruition. We broke ground on that probably a week before we broke ground on the um, apartment complex. This will provide access to the river for people who want to put in uh, below the Troy Dam. The Troy Dam is the first dam up uh, from actually from the Atlantic Ocean, so it's all tidal. Um, and the uh, uh, striped bass run there in the spring, so a lot of people come to Troy to fish for striped bass, but there's nowhere uh, below the dam in mm. Troy that people can put in. So this will be a convenient spot to put in. Also, if you're a canoer or a kayaker or you have just uh, you know recreational boats and you want to hang around along the riverfront during rocking on the river or other events, you can put in there. It's it's much more convenient than uh, putting in in Lansingburg and having to travel through the lock. So uh, it also opens up the river access for the north central neighborhood. We have great access to the river down in the central business district, but when you get north of there, it gets difficult to access the river. This opens it up for that neighborhood. It's a great benefit for that neighborhood. Yes, and uh, New York State's river cities are making more use of their uh, river. I uh, started to say the word Amsterdam. It's my mm-hmm. hometown. They're they're doing that. And certainly, we had uh, Mayor McCarthy, uh, Gary McCarthy, on from Schenectady uh, last week. And rather similar to what you're talking about, they've you know they've got the casino and they've got a hotel and also apartments, and they're they've put in all this uh, river uh, boat access where people can dock their boats there. It's just such a different look, you know, because I've seen this happen. You know, it was it was really a brownfield, and then oh, it, well, all this well, stuff is you there know, for the first hundred and fifty years. We used our rivers as sewers. Uh, all of the sewers uh, in all of these municipalities used to just daylight into the river. Uh, once we stopped doing that and started cleaning the river, then we began looking at it as an asset and the ability to uh, develop along the river. People like to be along yeah. the water, and uh, now we're taking advantage of that. So it's a great asset for a, a number of communities. But they did years ago. I remember, again, growing up in Amsterdam, the idea was to move up the hill to get yes, away from the to river. to get away from the, it smelled so. the stench of the river. Yeah, yeah. it was a dumping ground. Yeah. Yep. Now, um, th- there was a story about um, in, uh, employment in uh, Troy in the video game industry. Uh, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institutes in Troy, I presume this has something to do with it, with all those techies there. Uh, there's a video game developer who's expanding in Troy, hiring new workers. Yes. Uh, so, Velen Studios, this is a, a relatively new company. It started by the Bala brothers. They started a company called Vicarious Visions uh, Vicarious Visions years ago. I think they started it in their parents' basement. Um, that company went on to be just an enormous success, and they developed hundreds of games, including uh, some that even we might have heard of, like Guitar Hero and Tony <laughs> really? Hawk and, and so on. And they sold <laughs> millions, millions of, of games. They were just uh, terrifically successful. Well, they have sold their interest in uh, Vicarious Visions, and they've started a new studio called Velen Studios, and uh, they're bringing together game uh, gaming industry veterans from across the globe, really across the globe, to create new gaming experiences in Troy. And uh, they think Troy in particular and the capital region in general have uh, has what it takes to compete against some of these international gaming hubs. So um, they like the creative energy here. They like the quality of life in the capital region, the proximity to large cities and rural areas. Um, they are, and they have become prime movers in uh, making Troy an emerging gaming hub. So we're we're delighted to be working with them. 
does Troy have like tech business incubator space or something? Well, like we that? have the center of gravity, which uh, serves that purpose, um, and uh, we have uh, these informal networks between Rensselaer and some of the other. Uh, uh, gaming uh, writers in Troy. Vellon Studios is not the only gamer in Troy. I think there are uh, five or six companies now that have a small presence there. We're trying to build that um, uh, that that density uh, that makes this uh, sort of self-supporting. Um, so there's a lot of uh, mutual support among the gaming companies, um, helping each other along, trying to create mm-hmm. that that mass, that necessary mass. Also. Uh, in Troy, something new, the new hotel is open, Courtyard by Marriott. Right. That um, Actually, the ribbon cutting on that was the same day we broke ground on the um, uh, the boat launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a 120-room hotel, uh, and it's uh, t- designed to meet a growing demand for hotel rooms in Troy. There were just too many instances where uh, event organizers uh, and others were uh, referring people to hotels outside of the city. Mm-hmm. So that was particularly acute when uh, Russell Sage College or uh, RPI were having Parents Weekend or Homecoming Weekends. There just were not enough rooms mm-hmm. in the city. Uh, same with the uh, robotics competition in the spring that's held up at RPI. So we were sending people to um, uh, Colony, and I have no uh, problem with Colony or Albany, but uh, I'd like to keep those uh, people in Troy and um, – it creates jobs in Troy, and it uh, encourages people to stay in Troy and spend their dollars with our merchants and restaurants. So it's a big win for all of us. Mm. You have a big event coming up in Troy, which you hold on Thanksgiving, the Troy Turkey Trot. I yes, mean, the uh, Troy Turkey Trot. Um, uh, it, well, it's a little early to talk about registration numbers, but we're looking forward to another uh, solid year. It's um uh, past couple of years have been uh, very exciting. The weather has been uh, decent, uh, no snow, mm-hmm. and um, good fields, good turnout, and it's a it's a very well organized event. It's a it's a blast. Even if you're not a runner, it is like uh, you know upstate's largest homecoming party. Everybody is there. Uh, everybody who's moved away and comes back home for the holidays. Uh, you, you just run into old friends, and you, sometimes you only run into them once a year, and it's mm. at the turkey trot. It's it's more than a race. It's an event. Sure, and I went there as an event. I don't run at mm-hmm. all, but my uh, wife and son ran, and uh, what the added benefit for my wife was she used to say, you can't expect a woman who's run a race to cook a turkey. So we would then go out for dinner. Wow, uh, that's a good one. <laughs> but I remember, in, you know, and this is, you know, I don't know, it's not awful, but I, I remember scarfing down a lot of the food and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, as I'm waiting for them to come in. <laughs> no, it's uh, my running days are over, according to my orthopedist. Um, but I still go every year. Even when I wasn't mayor, I, I would go every year just because of the people I would run into and and the good time we had there. Um, and, and I figure just being around runners probably – uh, burned additional calories so I could eat it, that extra slice <laughs> of pie later on in the day. Uh, and where can they register? How does that fit? They can, there's, a, there's a website. <clears throat> um, website okay. uh, you can Google uh, toy, Troy, Troy Turkey, Turkey Trot, Trot and uh, it will lead you to uh, registration. You've been listening to Talk of the Town on Magic 590, also heard on 100.5. I'm Bob Cudmore. Joining us was Patrick Madden, the mayor of the city of Troy. 
This program will be available as a podcast on albanymagic.com and bobcudmore.com. Next week's guest will be Amsterdam Mayor Michael Villa. I'm Bob Cudmore.